Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. And I got to tell you, the weekend before that, man, the Holy Ghost moved in this house and spoke to us deeply. Profound and powerful. God's taking us some places in 2023, y'all. Uh, but we got a couple Sundays before then, so we're going to go some places as well. Hebrews 11, 23, 29 through 29. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. My parents hid me for three months after I was born because of the same reason. They looked, they said, he is a beautiful child. Let's hide him for a while. And they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Think about that. The reproach of Christ? Really? I mean, how so? Well, he would set aside his king privileges as the prince of Egypt leave the treasures of the palace to suffer to bring about the deliverance of the people of God, right? There you go. And it says this, For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he was destroyed lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. Today I'd like to preach a message about your faith journey. And it's just simply entitled this, Every Step Matters. Every step in your faith journey matters. No matter when you started, Every step counts. Every step matters. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, anoint this preacher, this pastor to preach the word of God, Lord. Help me. Bring my thoughts in line with your thoughts, God. Help us to hear the word of the Lord, God. Let it speak deeply to us and give us direction. And we give you praise for this in the mighty name of Jesus of Nazareth. One more time, would you clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That is never inappropriate or in vain. Thank you for saying it. God bless you. You may be seated. Connor, great to see you here, son. We're glad always when you show up. Glad you're in the house. I know your dear old dad is just beaming. I say that lightly, you know, dear old dad, it's, it, it happens. Whatever, yeah, yeah, I get it. Whenever I look at the story of Moses and especially the Red Sea part of it, man, that's epic, right? Spielberg just got it right in The Prince of Egypt. I mean, all those movies, they tried to do it, but Spielberg got those whales coming through there. Man, that was just amazing. I should have shown a clip. And, and it's just an amazing story. It's it's absolutely astonishing. It's it's found in Exodus 14. God had led the children of Israel to the Red Sea, mountain ranges on either side, Pharaoh's army advancing behind them. And 
they felt trapped and afraid. And quickly, their faith began to crumble and turned into complaining and mumbling and grumbling. And verses 11 and 12, notice this of Exodus 14. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Now, we know there were graves in Egypt. I mean, those tombs of the kings, right? A lot of graves in Egypt, but not for the slaves. So because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Boy, that's a long way from, you know, give me liberty or give me death. Talk about some pressure on this pastor named Moses. He led this congregation to this point, and now they're mad at him. Have you ever been a pastor and the congregation's mad at you? You probably haven't, but I have, right? Talk about some pressure. I mean, and check this out. Having no idea what the next move would be, the congregation is mad. These next two verses are stunning. From Exodus, the 14th chapter, 13 and 14, the verses. And Moses said to the people, listen, he has no idea what's going to happen. Sometimes I've done this, okay? He has no idea what the next step is. Listen to what he says. Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Hey, thank God for a faith-filled pastor. Well, that got quiet, but he didn't know how. He didn't know when. He just needed to know this. God is with us. God is on our side. There's no need to fear. The Lord is going to be our salvation. Now, once he made that bold declaration, check this out. He had no clue how. He had no clue when. He just makes that bold declaration. And then the Lord starts talking to him. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Now check this out. Why was he crying to the Lord? Because of what he just said to the people. He said, God's going to bring us out. He's going to do it. Then he turns around and he's like, God, you've got to help me. We've got to get out of this mess. And the Lord says, hey, why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. And that was great advice, but that wasn't the end of the story. Keep listening, Moses. If he had stopped right there, they'd have been in a mess. They'd all drowned. But he said, but lift up your rod, that's shepherd's staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I, am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Can you see just how incredible this story really is? No wonder it says in Hebrews eleven twenty five, 25, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so 
were drowned. This is the stuff of legend. It's epic. But the point of my message today is this, and you've got to catch it. This wasn't Moses' first rodeo. This wasn't the first step. This gigantic step of faith wasn't his first step of faith. Moses had been taking steps of faith for over 80 years by the time he got here. Now, these steps were much smaller by comparison, but they were very important. My assignment today is to challenge somebody. You need to hear the word. If you're going to take big steps of faith in your future, you've got to take little steps of faith now. If you're going to take destiny-defining Red Sea kind of steps deep into your faith journey, you've got to take little steps of faith at the beginning of your faith journey. You have to. The truth is those little steps of faith you take early on are really just as destiny-defining as the big steps later on because they're setting your course in the right direction. So at the right place and at the right time, now with faith calluses and faith courage from past experience in your heart, you're going to be able to do Take those giant steps that you couldn't have taken early on. Are you with me? You're going to develop some calluses and you're going to develop some courage. I'm telling you, every step in your journey matters. Every step. Baby steps matter in your faith journey. Now, the devil's going to try to tell you, it doesn't matter what you do. You're new at this. You're young. You don't want to do some things, so don't do them. Do what you feel like doing. Forget what the Lord says. Forget what the pastor says. Forget what the Word says. Do what's convenient. Take the easy way out. Hey, Moses, who cares if your true identity is the fact that you are a covenant man in the Abrahamic covenant with Jehovah God? That's unpopular. That's uncool. You're going to suffer. You'll get pushback for that. Live like an Egyptian. Blend in. Fit in. Live it up. But I'm here to tell you, the devil is a liar. It does matter. Moses had to make some choices in those early days. And those choices were preparing him for the future that God had called him to. There would be eventually a giant step of faith. Hold that rod over the Red Sea and watch it part. But it took a lot of little steps along the way for him to get there. And God has a call on your life. He's got a big call on your life. But every step along the way matters. It matters what you do here and now. Won't you give God some praise for that right now in Jesus' name? It matters. David could have said, it's just one sheep. Who cares? I mean, that bear is dangerous. Big old grizzly bear. He's all up on his haunches, you know. Roar! That's scary. And he's just got one of my sheep, you know. Just let him go. He's, a, he's the dumbest of them all. He's a pain all the time. Just let him go. But David was a faithful shepherd. And he said, not on my watch. 
I don't care how big, bad, and ugly that bear is and how stupid that little sheep is. That's my sheep. That sheep belongs to me. That sheep is in my fold, been put in my watch. And so he did what he needed to do, and he went and got the bear, killed the bear, and got the sheep. David could have looked at that lion and said, it's just a couple of sheep. Who cares? Forget the lion. The lion's big, bad, and scary. That's a lot of trouble. But instead, he said, no, I'm going to do the right thing. And he went after that lion. Had he not gone after the bear, had he not gone after the lion, he never could have stood in the valley of Elah and faced down Goliath. It took the little steps because every step matters in your faith journey. Don't write it off as like, well, this is just an insignificant thing. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It's prepping you. It's giving you calluses and courage for the next step. Those little commitments, those little consecrations, those little acts of bravery and courage and faith that no one really sees but you and the Lord. They're preparing you for the destiny-defining moments in your life. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The Bible says if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. The Bible says despise not the day. Of small beginnings. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. 2023 is going to be a year of next steps in the right direction. Of steps. Next steps. You're like, what's my next step? God's going to show you your next step in the right direction. And we rejoice over baby steps. I've told this story many times, but it always cracks me up. We had a season of prayer and fasting, as we always do at the beginning of the year. Early on in this church... And we were fasting, man. We were fasting food. And, and I got a phone call from some of my saints. And my saints called me and they said, Pastor, our new convert, his name was Caesar at the time, believe it or not. He said, Caesar has is, 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 is made a commitment to the Lord. He wants to share it with you. I said, what's up, Caesar? He said, Pastor, I'm fasting weed. Did it happen? I said, praise God, Caesar, you need to fast weed, man. You need to set it down. And he said, it's hard, man. I smoke weed every day, but I'm fasting weed for this fast. I said, you need to do it. We rejoice. We laugh about it, but I rejoice over that. And, and it made a difference in that boy's life. I'm telling you, we rejoice over babies. Every step matters. God was convicting him and calling him, and, and those things matter. Pastor, I'm going to fast weed. Pastor, I'm going to give up alcohol. Hey, I don't take that for granted. I understand how significant that is. Man, I, I got to go to sleep with this, Pastor. You don't understand. And when the Lord starts working on you and you lay it down, that's huge. When you put down the drugs, when you put down the porn, when you, put, when you go all in on prayer, when you go all in on your worship and you get out of your box, when you go all in on giving. But when, when, listen, listen. When you stop living an isolated life and get in fellowship with the body instead of being a prude and hanging out, out with everybody but the church when you stop doing that and you're like I'm going all in with these people I cast my lot with these people that is defining you for a Red Sea moment in your future give God some praise well say amen and this is a Christmas message I told you that for Mary to be approached by the angel in the first place, she had made some choices that prepared her for that encounter.
Oh, Bianca here, boy, she was a great Mary, wasn't she? Oh, I was crying, man. I was crying. Those, what was their last name, the, that family? The Herdmans are, right. Everybody in the play threw it out, man. The stupid Herdmans, right? They, oh, my goodness, that was awesome. Oh, Mary, she had made some choice. She knew the word. In your Bible, when you read her story and you read her prayers, holy cow, she was immersed in the Bible. She knew the word. That Old Testament, she knew it. She's quoting it. She's praying it. She had immersed herself into the word. She had consecrated her life unto the Lord. For crying out loud, she was a virgin at 17 in that day and time. She had taken steps for 17 years that had prepared her to say, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. That wasn't her first step. She had made many to get to that point. Let me ask you this. What's your next step? What faith calluses and courage is God wanting to build into your spirit? You've got to get in the habit of saying yes to the spirit and no to the flesh. There's a red seat apart. There's a destiny-defining moment in your future waiting on you, and every step matters. Say it with me. Every step matters. Every step matters. Let me help some of you parents right now, you young parents, I, I uh, you know, the empty nest came, I want to say suddenly, but it really wasn't, it was like, it wasn't suddenly, but when it did empty, it was a quick work, the Holy Spirit did a quick work, and the house was, boom, empty, and then it was filled with dogs, uh, you know, God, Valerie just... She has this weird obsession. She, she, she got a package in, and I was like, hey, you got a package in. Uh, it looks like it's kind of big, you know. It's like, looks like maybe a picture. She, oh, my picture's in. I'm like, uh, what, what picture? What, what is it? She's like, what's a picture of the dogs? I said, oh. I didn't open it. I'm like, whatever, you know. Her strange obsession got a big old picture with the dogs, you know. Well, she, I open it up. She opens it up. And pulls it out. She's giggling, and she's like a giddy little schoolgirl. She pulls it out, and it's Paddington and Picasso, and they're like in soldier outfits. I need to show it to you. I don't have it on the screen. They're like in little out little outfits, like 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 posing, like people. She's ah. I'm gonna hang it in their hall, you know, where we keep them. And uh, their hall, right? Their hall. They don't pay the rent. They don't pay no rent. It was hilarious. Why am I telling you that story? I don't know why. What? Oh, you know, the, the empty nest, but we got dogs. Okay, so we do have children. They're just canine. Check this out. Moses was born with a target on his back. Now, why was that? I mean, he was a beautiful child. But why was he born with a target on his back? I'll tell you why. Because his mom and dad had targets on their backs. Amram and Jochebed, they had targets on their back. They were covenant people. They were word people. 
They were people of the name, people of the blood. They were blood covenant people. And so they were a couple of covenant kids themselves struggling against an oppressor, Pharaoh. And they have a kid. And he's got a target on their back. Let me say this to the young people. Your parents drag you to church and thank God for it. They try to get you to live for God and thank God for it. And sometimes you think it just comes easy for them. Because they're grown-ups and, you know, they're just so churchified and whatever. And you think you're the only one who has to fight to live for God. I'm telling you, your mama and daddy have calluses on their souls from living for God and making some decisions that have made the difference in their lives. And you were blessed to be born in the household of some believers in Jesus because Jesus is how you get to heaven and live victorious on this earth. The devil will chew you up and spit you out and kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus brings life and life more abundantly. And when you're born into a Christian household, there is a demon that comes against you to wipe you out like he wiped your parents out. You're not the only one who is struggling. Your mom and dad have struggled as well and still are in the fight. Some of them are single parents. Some of them are working it out without the support of their partner. But they've learned a few things. The Bible insistently, you go study the book of Exodus, and it insistently calls, consistently calls Egypt the house of slavery. The house of slavery. Why? Because the further they got away from Egypt and when they were facing tough times, they romanticized their times in Egypt. Don't romanticize your testimony, mom and dad. Yeah, we were out there, well, we partied and had a good time, you know, we were doing all this kind of stuff. And No, that was a house of slavery and brokenness and bondage, but whom the sun sets free, baby, is free indeed. I've been set free. I'm not going back under that bondage of sin. And as for me and my house, doggone it, devil, we're going to live for God. Give God some praise in Jesus' name. I was a slave. I was without God. I was without hope. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. But God, who is rich in mercy, reached out and rescued me and welcomed me into the household of faith and gave me purpose and meaning and joy and fulfillment. When Amram and Jochebed got married, they had Moses. And that old demon-possessed Pharaoh under that inspiration of the devil, trying to kill the seed of the woman, that's a whole other story, but that demon-possessed Pharaoh started murdering all the little Jewish boys. Tried to get the midwives to do it, going to get the soldiers to do it, but I love it. Think, think of young parents, young parents. I got some young parents in the house. Young parents, listen to this, but they were not afraid of the king's command. Think about that. The most powerful man in the whole world, Pharaoh, says, I'm putting an order out to kill all the children born over there. And Amram and Jochebed hear about it, and they're like, we're not afraid. 
Why are we not afraid? God is with us. There's something special about our kid. The favor of the Lord is upon him. So they defied the king's order and hid their son. That was a faith move. That was developing calluses, courage in their heart, man. They hid that boy in an ark of bulrushes, shoved him out into the Nile River, crocodiles and everything, and they just were trusting the Lord. Let me ask you, parents, something. In your walk with God, what you do in fear or faith, do you think it's going to be picked up by your children? I'm here to tell you, yes. If you act in faith, they're going to pick it up. If you act in fear, they're going to pick it up. It's contagious. You are the biggest influence in their lives. When they had every reason in the world to be afraid, Amram and Jochebed were not afraid. Do you know how God's going to save your kid? Do you know when he's going to save your kid? Have no idea. Sound familiar? I just know God's on our side. He's going to do it. They make a boat. It's an audacious, rebellious attitude Faith, choice, decision, step, but every step matters. And that same attitude got into Moses when he comes before the Red Sea and everybody's freaking out. He says, I don't know how and I don't know when, but you don't need to worry about a thing. God's got the Where did he get that? Mom and dad. He got that from his family, modeling and mentoring it before him. It was deep in him. Even though he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, his mama was there to nurture him in the early years. And she put more into him than Pharaoh's daughter could ever put into him. And when he came of age, he said, you know what? I am not Pharaoh's daughter's son. My mama's a Jew. My mama's a, a daughter of Zion. My mama's some of those oppressed people. And I am that guy. That's who I am. Is that powerful? Can I tell you, young people, there's going to come a day when you've got to choose faith over fear. Mom and dad, pastor, we can't make that call for you. It's all about you. That's why the wise man said, remember your creator in the days of your youth. The steps you take as a young man or a young woman will prepare you They'll prepare you for the steps that you'll take later that will blow your mind. You've got to take those steps as a young person. You've got to start moving in that direction. It's, it's, it's so powerful. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book entitled Outliers. In it, he spoke of what looks like overnight successes like the Beatles. Looked like they just came out of nowhere, appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show, did Shea Stadium, and like, boom, there they were, the Beatles. Wow. But that's not true. Bill Gates, it looks like he came on the scene and just like came up with this idea. Windows, Microsoft, and boom, there it was. That's not how it worked at all. And on and on. He talks about Robert Oppenheimer and others. They were not overnight successes. He's in a, in, in a very well-known fashion. He's put it in the idea, the context of 10,000 hours. In other words, all these steps were taken for years before that giant step and breakthrough took place. Moses, Moses was no different. 
He got to the Red Sea moment. It's, it defined him. But here's the deal. He was resolving questions all along the way. To whom do I belong? The world or Jesus? Pharaoh's daughter or, or, or Abraham's, am I Abraham's son? He had to settle. He had to conclude his identity issues. I am not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I am a son of Abraham. I'm a child of this covenant, and I choose to suffer the afflictions with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I'll bear the reproach of Christ. I'll, I'll suffer to see that my people are set free. The Red Sea was 80 years into his faith journey. And that's why he could handle it. Are you with me? Is it any wonder that he was the one there? It was really already familiar territory for him. I write about it in my book. There's a concept called remembering the future. It's an amazing thought. It's like you've already been there so many times in your brain that when you finally live that moment, it's as if you're remembering what had been a future event. You're remembering the future. He had already lived this moment in those steps because every step matters. Every step matters. The devil wants you to think that little step of faith doesn't mean anything. That little step of obedience, that little step of doing what pastor asked, that little step of yielding to that little bit of scripture that you saw, that little bit of truth, I'm here to tell you it's vital in your overall story because there is a Red Sea coming that will define you, that will make every difference. Would you stand with me right now? Every step matters. So once again, I want to ask you, what is your next step? Is it water baptism? Have you never been water baptized? You have to be. You got to be. I don't think it matters. Who cares what you think? Who cares what I think? It's a scriptural command. You've got to be baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter. Says who? I read this theologian online. Well, you can read a lot of theologians online, and they'll argue back and forth, but what does the Scripture say? You've got to be baptized. You need to be baptized in the name. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Well, that's weird. Well, the whole thing's weird, right? God, you can't see, died on a cross that you'd never saw before, shed blood, somehow that matters. The whole thing's weird. Might as well embrace the full weirdness of it. Get filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, filled with the power of God walking in an anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. I've got some, I've got some things I still want to do in my life that I feel like God's trying to get me to let go of. If I let go of some of these things, my friends will accuse me of being a legalist. Well, welcome to the club. Goody two-shoes, legalist. Listen, every step matters, but that's small potatoes. Somewhere down the line, you settle some stuff, and you're like, this is who I am. This is where I belong. As for me and my house. And you just kind of make some house rules. 
This is what we do as a family. We sat down with our family. We gave them some house rules. This is who we are, kids. This is what we do. This is how we function. Well, Dad, can you satisfactorily, I mean, can you satisfy all my questions? No, probably not. But we've drawn some lines based on scriptural principles, and we've not tried to get away with stuff. We've tried to make a line that, that really is a true line of demarcation. This is who we are. This is how we're going to live our lives, kids. And we just settled. And then we didn't go back and forth and like, well, we changed our mind this month, you know. Daddy's had a hard time, you know. Like, we, through the good times and through the bad times, we just decided this is it. This is who we are. This is how we're going to live. Well, we're going bankrupt. This is how we're going to live. Well, people are talking bad about us. This is how we're going to live. This is who we are. Well, we got made fun of. This is who we are. This is how we're going to live. We just decided to get some calluses on our souls. Do you know what I'm saying? So when the real pressures of life came in that we didn't know, the real struggles came in that we didn't see in the future, when they came in, we had already been there, done that. We said, well, we know what we're going to do. We're programmed to do it. We've renewed our mind. We understand. We submit ourselves to God. We have our mind renewed. We yield ourselves. We're living sacrifices. Not my will, but yours be done. We're nevertheless people, y'all. That's who we are. We're a nevertheless people. Some people are the less people. We're nevertheless people. Always the more. What do you want, God? What do you want? So what's your next step? What's your next move? Is God calling you to tithe? Give that crazy offering? Here's a new one. Get involved. Volunteer on a team. Get in a Bible study. Get into deeper life. Find your calling. Live it for the rest of your days. What's your next step? I don't know what your next step is, but man, I felt this so strong in the Holy Ghost. What's your next step? I feel like God's called me to a few next steps. And, and uh, I got some calluses on my spirit, but I might get a blister on some of them. <laughs> That's all right. That's how calluses are developed. God's wanting to develop some calluses on your spirit. That's, I know that's a strange way to put it, but man, that's how I felt it. Would you close your eyes with me right now? Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you, Lord, that you are the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lord, you pray, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And Father, we're called to follow in the example of your dear Son. That's who we are, nevertheless. Not my will, but yours be done. There's some next steps in this room. Father, there's destiny hanging in the balance. Some people are looking, maybe I'll have a Red Sea moment. You won't have it. You won't be prepared for it if you don't take the first step. You've got to find your identity. Who am I in Christ? Why am I not part of this world? What makes me different? You've got to figure that out. You've got to understand he's calling you to a, a higher way of life a higher calling and it's one that comes by the way of the knees 
you drop to your knees, you ask Him, help me, God. Not my will, but yours be done. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, God. I lay it down. I lay it down. I lay it down. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.